0: Davos 2019. This coverage of the global conversation on change is brought to you by BrightRock, the first ever needs matched life insurance that changes as your life changes. I'm here in Davos with uh, a man who is described as a star researcher. Now, you're going to have to tell us a bit more about that later, but it's Dr. Konstantinos
1: Dimitriadis. Did I
0: get the pronunciation yeah, right? Yeah, that's correct.
1: That's correct. It didn't sound very Greek, but it shouldn't. <laughs> so I'm uh, 36. And uh, I started my uh, my independent group uh, almost two years ago at the Max Planck Institute for Biology of Aging in Cologne, Germany.
0: Well, remembering our audience is primarily South African, so they probably haven't heard. They should have heard of Max Planck, but maybe in in, in a in a nutshell, what the Max Planck Institute is about.
1: So the Max Planck is a public organisation in Germany. Um, it is holding more than 80 research institutes all over Germany, and some of them are even uh, abroad. Um, and uh, the, different, the various institutes uh, actually um, uh, research about nearly anything, from biomedicine to aging to nuclear physics to material science, so literally everything. Um, so the freedom that we get as researchers at the Max Planck Institutes is amazing, and this is one of the things that um, I really appreciate there. There are no quota. Um, you can as soon as the, you get the trust and you get a position. Um, to do your research there um, you can work on anything that um, uh, really motivates you and, and, and drives your imagination and curiosity so, which is really amazing And Max Planck himself was
0: a predecessor I suppose of, of Einstein who everybody has heard of
1: In a way yes He was one of the founders in, in modern physics I would say What drew you to this field of aging? So my um, my piece of the pie in, in, in the in aging research has to do with what we call nutrient sensing. And to, uh, to simplify that, um, I, I always like to use a metaphor from nature to help people understand. So some animals like bears, for example, they hibernate. So they're active um, uh, when the conditions are optimal and when they have enough food in their environment um, on, the, on the contrary in the winter when, uh, when the food resources are limited, they lower their metabolism and they kind of sleep until the conditions are optimal again so this is exactly what our cells also do we have trillions of cells in our bodies and each one of them has very complex mechanisms to sense whether enough nutrients like food is available in its environment um, and to adjust its functions based on the availability of these nutrients so why is this important? This is important because when these mechanisms uh, are dysregulated, and this happens very, very often in many diseases like cancer, diabetes, uh, but also during aging, um, when this mechanism starts to malfunction, um, this is a major cause uh, of these diseases, and it can drive aging so that we know very well uh, at the moment. So what we are doing in my group is, we are trying to understand how precisely this mechanism works in healthy cells, And what goes wrong during aging and disease aiming eventually to identify novel ways novel more targeted more precise ways so I would say precision is the key word here Um, to be able to understand where we should be acting in these mechanisms uh, to eventually deliver drugs that uh, uh, might help people one day uh, against these diseases
0: so it's almost like uh, reductionism in a way going down right to
1: the very basics this is very, very correct. So um, I, I, I like saying quite often that um, um, we have been doing things the wrong way so far because we have drugs that target these mechanisms and, and even nutritional habits, so eating less, is definitely good for everyone. Um, however, we're not there yet. And in my opinion, the reason why we're not there yet is that we don't understand how precisely these things work. So we touch something... And this, it's like a network, this affects everything else. So we really need to understand what exactly happens in a very precise manner every time we inhibit like one of those factors with a, with a drug or when we eat this or that kind of nutrient in order to be able to predict better where to intervene in order to avoid all the side effects or having drugs that prove to be eventually, eventually inefficient um, so, we're really looking down to the to the molecular mechanisms uh, in order to... We aim to improve the efficacy of the overall process without just trying things randomly and checking um, whether they're going to work or not in the end. For for real practical insights
0: as a, a, a person of your age, um, who you look incredibly healthy and hopefully you're going to live a long time, what do you do to ensure that?
1: Um, this is going a little bit against my research, I would say. but um, So I'm trying to exercise as much as I can, as much as my busy schedule uh, uh, allows. What? what kind of exercise? Um, I'm doing a little bit of biking, I would say. So I, I like more outdoor activities. So I'm not the kind of person that would go in the gym and... and and start pumping up or anything. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to bike. I jog a little bit. Uh, nothing
0: terribly strenuous, but but it gets
1: your heart exactly. going. And it, it doesn't. Uh, I would say that it doesn't need to be something you know uh, uh, really you know too intense. Uh, actually, too much is not good anymore. Um, so a little bit of exercise, um, being a bit careful about how much we eat, what we eat. Um, too much protein is definitely not good. So I'm not saying people should not eat meat, on the contrary. So meat is also very important because it contains very important uh, nutrients and like uh, uh, nutritional value. Uh, but let's say the bottom line, if I if I would like to put it like that, is too much of anything is, is not good for us. Um, the, the, the UK have got a, a, a five-a-day uh, program. Is that... Sensible? Does that align with your research? So it, it makes perfect sense to actually um, distinguish between different nutritional uh, groups uh, based on their nutritional value and, 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 and the actual like, quality of, of the food. Um, however, things are not that simple. So it doesn't mean, for, for example, usually fat is considered bad. But not all kinds of fat are the same. So you can uh, get fat like from olive oil which is a really great source of fat and we really need that or you can get fried uh, sun oil uh, which is really like saturated uh, oils that are It's really bad for your health. So um, I think we need to be more specific in, in the identification of the
0: nutrient uh, groups. It's interesting to see how the world is changing uh, environmentally uh, or environmental consciousness is now coming uh, to the fore. But the same thing with aging, perhaps because of demographics. Are, are we on the right track, though? Because there's a, there's a whole lot of pop science which uh, one sometimes has to question.
1: I would say that, that this um, really raises uh, the, the importance and, this, and the necessity for us, the scientists, to act more responsibly. And, first of all, to um, communicate uh, this research with the public, so that like you said, there is lots of Um, fake uh, research in brackets I would say Um, uh, there are lots of uh, anecdotal stories about what to do to uh, stay healthy and and live longer and uh, some of those might even be dangerous for for people so it is our responsibility um, uh, to inform the public about our research and uh, I'm really optimistic about about the future and it's not the it's uh, I would say the near future so I would say the next five to ten years I think we're gonna have really amazing discoveries about our, how our nutritional habits sh- should be and, uh, uh, and how we should be using better <laughs> drugs that are already available or um, which uh, uh, mechanisms, like I was explaining before, we should be targeting to develop a new... Uh, uh, a new class of drugs that uh, would be improved and um, uh, would act uh, more precisely and uh, more efficiently in the future. You mentioned a lot about drugs,
0: pharmaceuticals. There's a whole movement that says you should keep them away from your body.
1: I think this is the reason why we live to our 80s today and we didn't do that in the 50s. So the health system, uh, I know that lots of people try to move back to the nature and of course this is this is really good, but there are conditions that you really need to treat them with drugs. Um, and, and I would say it's very dangerous um, uh, to, um, uh, to stick to um, like na- natural products without having proof that they work. So some of them work perfectly fine, even better than drugs. And it's, it's great if we stick to that. However, in some conditions, um, uh, we really need to move to uh, something that, that has been produced by, by, by humans. So this has increased our, our life expectancy from like, living up to our 50s uh, uh, to living up to our 80s now.
0: But how do you know as a layman? How do you know which natural products are good for you? Have you got any tips that you can pass on?
1: Let's say similar to the research that uh, that we're doing on on testing chemical compounds, which is like the drugs that pharma companies produce, or or even before the pharma companies produce it, like the ones that are in uh, discovery stage, um, researchers are doing this exactly the same thing with uh, uh, natural compounds. So this is going through the whole process of being tested um, in, let's say, simple systems in the lab and moving to uh, animal uh, uh, systems and going to clinical trials. So all of these compounds uh, would need to go and do go, in most cases, uh, through the same process like uh, chemical compounds do. And where do we find the results of that research? There are publicly available databases like PubMed, for example, um, uh, and others that um, people can... Um, um, for search for with any kind of keywords and and, uh, and and these databases only list research that has been uh, through peer reviewing um, so in most cases at least in the majority of the cases the the results the, and the data that you can find there are can be reliable and uh, trustworthy so we have data available we have more information um, that, than we 've ever
0: had in the past we just need to use it properly but it hasn't helped us yet with Alzheimer's, um, Parkinson's; uh, those two, I uh, heard them being described as the, as medicines, two twin monsters. Are you you still young? You're 36. Are you confident that a cure will be found? I Sorry, say, in your lifetime.
1: Yes, I would say that. Um, I would like to clarify that although we don't have a, we don't have a cure yet, um, these conditions or the treatment of these conditions has been improved dramatically over the last years. Um, For example, even in uh, Alzheimer's, Uh, of course, there is no cure, but people can live longer before developing uh, severe symptoms uh, nowadays. And this is because of all the research and the drug development process. Uh, And there is very, although it's not my field, I have to say, there is really immense research going on at the moment so I'm very, very confident, I'm not, I am not. I don't want to promise a cure or anything, but I'm very confident that we're going to make great steps in the years to come, also in these directions. Helped, no doubt, by big data. Do you use much of that? We're looking more into the small mechanistic details, so, so we're also um, uh, uh, producing big data from our approaches, but... We only do that as a tool to then so to look at the big picture first and then to focus down to the small details in order to understand how exactly these things work. You mentioned earlier that the Max
0: Planck Institute and, uh, and the European Council, who actually brought you to Davos, which we need to talk about in a minute, um, they give you lots of freedom. How does that differ from somebody who, say, is uh, with tenure at a university?
1: Universities are, I would say in a similar situation, at least in Germany and in, in most European uh, countries. So freedom in science is, is something super important uh, because it allows you to, do your, to perform curiosity-driven research and this is exactly what generates all the discoveries. So you need to be curious and to ask the questions that are not biased in the first place. Um, and, and, and And this is an amazing environment uh, also i mean i 'm happy that you um, you mentioned the the european Research Council the eRC um, so all of these organizations like the e r c and, and the Max Planck society um, give you all this freedom and, and and this is a very important step uh, in in uh, research and in science so
0: how 's it making your life different what What are you being able to be curious about which perhaps uh, would not have been supported by uh, a more a traditional
1: uh, route let 's say that um, the science that um, that we do uh, has a very strong potential to uh, lead to um, uh, the development of uh, drugs in, in, in the near future or, or let 's say in the next ten years. However, at this stage, this is something that let 's say most pharma companies would not be interested at all. Um, therefore, you really need organizations like the ERC um, to trust this curio- curiosity-driven research and, let's say, facilitate this development period until you have something that could be readily applicable uh, to, um, to the clinic or, or interesting for, for the public. Um, so this allows you to uh, do your research until you reach that stage. And this is really amazing. Silicon Valley
0: is very interested at the moment in aging there's a there's an enormous amount of investment that's going into it what is your view on the ethicality if you like of that or or the how that impacts uh, the whole
1: search for truth and search for answers usually in that case people are more interested into having something yesterday so as 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 soon as possible Um, and in some cases that's how things work but in most cases, that's exactly how things don't work. So, And of course, people cannot be patient. So uh, time is ruthless and doesn't wait for us. So if, if, if someone or an organization or a person or a, a funding uh, uh, like agency needs to have results, like applicable results now, it's fine to ask for that. But at the same time, people and funding sources and the public need to understand the importance of basic science because so far we have been working in a trial and error thing and this is totally inefficient, so uh, I should mention at this point that more than 86% of the drugs or the chemical compounds that are in clinical trials are doomed to fail and in my opinion this is because we don't exactly understand what they do, like the small details, so they either prove to be inefficient or not to be tolerated by patients due to severe side effects. So the public and the community uh, needs to realize that a future without strong basic research will be simply a future of trials and errors, and this is 86% errors. Um, So I would say that we need, in the end of the day, a combination of um, funding basic research in order to build um, uh, the foundations of uh, or produce knowledge that can be applied later on, and then invest on on the um, uh, the part of the knowledge that seems more promising, to lead to the development of uh, new interventions to improve health and uh, uh, and and aging um, in a timely manner. It's exciting to to hear this, and it,
0: in the long term, one has to be optimistic about the consequences. But what about people who are in their sixties or even in their seventies now? How, how can they to close off with uh, adjust their lifestyles or invest in in ways that'll
1: keep them healthier for longer? So uh, one recommendation, I mean, we, not ourselves, but uh, uh, research has lots of um, uh, data on that now. Uh, staying active is very important. And by active, I mean both physically active and mentally active. It is really clear now that uh, keeping your brains uh, busy um, uh, during aging uh, really reduces the chances of uh, um, uh, dementia and uh, Alzheimer's uh, and same thing for for, for for your body. So people staying active and doesn't need to be really heavy stuff. So just walking uh, a few hundred meters per day or biking a little bit uh, is very very important for our bodies to stay active. And the second part is nutrition. So avoiding too much protein too much bad fat um, is only for for the good Um, and crosswords
0: and sudoku and playing uh, crosswords sudoku playing the
1: horses (laughs) (laughs) so all this kind of stuff train your brain so i don't know crosswords sudokus um, video games i mean everything that keeps your your brain active uh, I would say that it's really great and, and, and the elderly should be doing the, more of that.
0: And, and what about retiring at 55? Uh, we, we recently published a story which said that uh, if you retire early, you're not likely to live that long. Uh, sorry, if you
1: retire late, you're not likely to live that long. So it, it's confusing. Mm, uh, uh, it's hard to answer this question because I think there are so many parameters that we don't take into account. Let's say a person doing office work retiring at 65 is not the same like uh, a lumberjack retiring at 65 um, and at the same time someone retiring early and uh, we don't know what they're going to be doing after that so people some people have hobbies and travel a lot and stay active and that's perfectly fine some others might um, uh, just retreat and, and do nothing and this is definitely not good so I wouldn't generalize. Um, I I know that uh, we people like to have statistics and uh, and this is usually quite fancy uh, for for the media but um, uh, I would really avoid generalizing. I would like these uh, cases in a case-by-case scenario.
0: Divorce 2019, this coverage of the Global Conversation on Change is brought to you by BrightRock, the first ever needs-matched life insurance that changes as your life changes.